What are you pointing at? What are you doing? He's frozen. That's so weird. What? Only people watching on Twitch or I YouTube or any of the streams. I got a rule. Until this show is on the damn air, do not put me on that camera. What don't if I was picking it. my nose right there? Just don't sit, want just it. pointing. Ryan Orvat, Tristan Crick. cursing out Tutu Atwell. <laughs> Nick Ash. Baker, what the hell are you doing? Now oh, Baker Mayfield's God. just running out of bounds. 13-3, 418 to go in the third here. Raiders on top. It's looking more and more like a uh, very low-scoring game. The under's looking pretty yeah. good in this. I was yeah. watching something last night. For you, Ashu, mm-hmm. you had an under, and I remember it being very close, and I was like, oh, I hope this doesn't go to overtime. I was thinking about you. I forget what game it was. Do you remember? Last night? Yeah, it was last night. Oh, I didn't hit it anyway. It was the Clippers game last night. Yes. I had, I had under, under 216, and it went over. So, oh yeah. My God, not to mention, I also, I also had Anthony Edwards over 26 and a half points, and he had 26. It was bad beatville. But was... I had some good, I had some, look, some things came through. It's yeah. just the way that it goes. Bad beatville what last night. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, one of the big games, of course, they're interested in, a lot of people are, is uh, Tampa at San Francisco this weekend. What is Brock Purdy going to do in his, you know, the start for them, or at least the next few weeks? But you got to go game by game with this. Tom Brady coming back to to beat the Saints, and of course it hurt me on the Saints money line. But that's a whole other conversation. Troy Clarity is going to call the game for Compass Media this weekend, and let's just you know let's start big picture with the, this whole situation here. We we've seen this before, right? Where you have a, a young quarterback coming in, thrust into the 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 spotlight because of injuries. He's going up against the goat. Tom Brady, but Purdy looked pretty good last week. What what can we expect from this game? Yeah, great to be with you guys, uh, as always. And it's amazing. Brock Purdy, born December 27th, 1999. <laughs> Five days later, Tom Brady played in the Orange Bowl in his final <laughs> game in his Michigan Wolverines career. So I think that kind of that kind of puts some things in perspective. And, and, and really, I, I think clearly, you know. Brock Purdy coming in. The Niners have lost two. They're, they're starting two quarterbacks beforehand. Whether Garoppolo is available by the very end of it all, we're still not exactly sure about that. But but I thought that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers uh, put Brock Purdy in good positions. They didn't really ask him to make you know, tremendous throws to move the ball deep downfield. That's not necessarily what the 49ers do anyway. Short, manageable throws, right? I mean, the you know, sometimes being a game manager, you know, that that isn't a slur, right? That isn't a bad yeah. thing when you're a quarterback, especially when you have the weapons around you that Brock Purdy does and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And especially when you have that defense that's playing at that level, as it has been, especially over the past uh, five weeks or so, as the Niners try to make it six wins in a row. So, Look, would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo and, and and a proven entity at quarterback rather than an unknown guy who is making his very first start and looking for his very first win in the regular season, going up against a quarterback who is on the verge of getting his 250th regular season win? Yeah, sure, you would. But the 49ers fortunately have a scheme and more importantly, have a defense that that probably don't ask Brock Purdy to, to play at a superhuman level. So that's certainly going to be uh, one of the more deciding factors going forward for the 49ers. Yeah, I know this is like maybe sounds disrespectful, but how much of a drop-off really is there going to be in the Shanahan system from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, in your opinion, in terms of just like production? Yeah, hard to tell. Hard to tell. Uh, can, can you expect, and, and again, can you expect big throws 
Maybe not. I'm not sure. We haven't quite seen that. I know that the folks in the 49ers organization were were high on Brock Purdy, especially at the end of uh, training camp. And there might have been some whispers when Jimmy G was struggling, you know, and and, and Niner fan was was all in woe is, me, woe is me mode after that Denver game. And some folks were like, put Purdy in. Let's see what he can do easy relax now granted some folks in the organization that whose opinions really matter on this have very very high opinions of brock purdy and he appears to have won over the locker room a little bit as well not an easy feat to do especially when you're a rookie and especially when you were the last pick in the last nfl draft as well so somewhat hard to tell at this point but we'll see more and we'll learn more as it goes along because there's certainly a big difference. Right? We've seen this before, right? Backup quarterback gets thrust into the action and performs well, but then he is, uh, he's got a week to think about it, and the other team also has a week to think about it too. They've got a bit more tape to go on to try to defend him a little bit, and things change perhaps. So, so we'll see. There's still a lot of question marks surrounding Purdy, I think, at this point, and what you can truly do. Troy, I know a lot of people, I mean, nobody really expected the struggles for Tampa Bay on the offensive side of the ball this year. And, you know, I mean, Brady's getting a little bit older. They don't really have a run game. But what do you make of, you know, the the dynamic between him and Mike Evans? Because they just haven't been on the same page really for like the last month and a half, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because those guys are so close here the last couple of years. They won a Super Bowl together. They just can't seem to get on the right page. And Brady and Godwin seem to be fine. Yeah, and, and and Mike Evans, I mean, clearly that's a man who needs no introduction in, in Tampa Bay Buccaneers lore, right? I mean, he's blown away just every single uh, receiving record yeah. um, in that franchise's history. And, 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 you know, it took him a while. I believe his first target uh, in that game against New Orleans on Monday didn't come until late in the second quarter, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. Now, that being said, Brady targeted Mike Evans four times on Monday night. Evans caught them all. For 59 yards so there is that now whether there's some other stuff going on and whether they're not on the same page in practice and and and, and all those sorts of things who knows i'm not necessarily behind those closed doors but it, it is kind of striking to me that 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 brady and evans haven't exactly quite lit it up as as much as you might expect coming into the season now that being said the bigger problems for the buccaneers uh, on the offensive side of the ball has been their line. They've had big problems with injuries. Uh, their tackles haven't played well. Tristan Wirfs didn't play at all last week. Donovan Smith, the left tackle, didn't play well uh, against the Saints last week. That's not necessarily a good uh, a situation position to be in when you're facing the 49ers defense, especially Nick Bosa. Now, Bosa, not 100%, apparently didn't practice today with a hamstring, so he's not going 100%, but... But that's still, you know, that, that's still not, not, not an ideal position to be in when, when you're facing a pass rushing force like Nick Bosa. So, so whether they can sort some things out of their offensive line will truly dictate how far the Buccaneers potentially go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so concerned for Tom Brady in that offensive line. I, I mean, you, you just you watch what's happened, and he's already so stone-footed. And, you know, when you've watched Tom Brady this year overall, like, listen, we know we hold him to just an insanely high standard because he's Tom Brady, and he, sure. he's earned it. I mean, he had career numbers sure. last year, and he was 44. Now he's 45, but the offensive line can't block for him. They clearly don't look like the same team. Do you, do you see somebody that's... It's more of a situation where age has maybe caught up to him a little bit, or do you see a, a situation more for Brady and Tampa where it's just injuries that they've had to deal with the entire year and things just aren't coming together on the roster that we saw maybe last year and when they won the Super Bowl? 
Well, both things can be equally mm -hmm. true at the same time, right? I mean, let's face it. Tom Brady is 45 years old. He is absolutely ancient uh, by, by NFL uh, quarterback standards, much less NFL player standards as well. Uh, and, and it's amazing. I, 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 I kind of had to look at this a couple times and go, wait, what? Is that really true? Brady by himself has more all-time regular season wins than the Carolina Panthers do as a franchise. <laughs> and the Panthers have been around longer than Tom Brady has. They've been in the, in the league longer than Brady has. So it's absolutely incredible. Jeez. But look, Tom Brady being 45 years old, even though he has done terrific work with the durability and the pliability and taking care of his body and not eating strawberries and all those other tomatoes. sorts of things that have kind of become legend. Tomatoes, <laughs> thank you. I knew it was some sort of red fruit, but <laughs> all those sorts of things that don't really, uh, you know, that, 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 that help him that helped him be as durable as he has been and, and to keep playing at the level that he has been over the past few years. But father time is still undefeated. And it doesn't help out when your offensive line isn't exactly doing what it needs to do. When the running backs, I mean, Leonard Fournette, not 100% either. I really like him coming out of the backfield. He's an absolute load to cover and to try to tackle in the secondary. Good luck to those folks who have that task. So, look, it's, it's very rarely is it just one thing. It's often a confluence of things that all just kind of converge and swirl around. So, you know, is it age for Tom Brady? Is it other things personnel-wise for the Buccaneers offense? Often, the answer to both those questions to me is yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Another thing that's sort of trending right now, uh, Troy, is, man, my man, Jason Garrett, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, rumored yeah. to go to Stanford. You cover the Pac-12 as well. What is the realistic chance of that? I've had to sit through a lot of clapping. I don't, I mean, and Dak Prescott is, is like stumping for, for him right now as a leader of men. Like, is this, is this real life? What, is Deion Sanders being the head coach of Colorado real life? <laughs> did you ever think you'd ever did you ever Deion Sanders, no. head coach, Colorado Buffaloes? Yeah. Did you think that you would ever put those nope. three things together in the same sentence and have it be true? Yeah, Welcome no. Welcome to 2022, folks. Here we are. You know, when I first saw this report, I was like, really? Huh. Where is this coming from? And then I kind of thought about it a little bit more, and there are some things that that probably make Jason Garrett a pretty nice candidate for Stanford. Don't forget, he's got that Princeton degree hanging on his wall. Ivy League guy, played quarterback uh, in in a league where you know, I mean, Ivy League has no athletic scholarships. That's not a problem, obviously, in the Pac-12. But 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 he certainly you know has that mentality. You would think of what it takes to compete at a high academic or an, at an academic institution that, that takes academics more seriously than athletics does. So, so there is that. Working with quarterbacks, Stanford historically has placed its importance on the quarterback. I don't think I need to go through the list of great quarterbacks and signal callers who have gone through that university, but I will anyway. John Elway, Andrew Luck, John Brody. Uh, a bunch of other guys as well who did great things on the collegiate level. And they've been coached up quite well, too, with Bill Walsh, John Ralston back in the day, uh, and, and, and Jim Harbaugh uh, and David Shaw as well. So he's worked with quarterbacks. The quarterback at Stanford University is a pretty important position in the Pac-12. There's that as well. And, you know, he just spent this last year 
working with NBC, yeah, calling Notre Dame games. Don't remind so me. So it's Troy not is like he's going into. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I had to do that. Him and Jack Collinsworth, yeah. man, Ooh, that's a lot to handle on a Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it moving here. And I'll say this. So, so it's not like, uh, you know, it's it's not like he's coming into the collegiate game completely sight unseen and with no real uh, expectations or real knowledge of, 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 I'm sure he asked questions and, hey, wait a minute, Stanford played at Notre Dame on October 15th of this year in South Bend. Who was in the booth for that game for NBC? Jason Garrett. So he's seen this team before. Now, obviously, this team roster-wise could look very different next year than it did this year. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you look at and you say, huh? And you think about it a little more and you go, huh? Okay. All right. Troy, uh, we only got about two minutes, so I know you cover the Pac-12. Unfortunately, USC doesn't get in after that loss to Utah. But do you think any of the underdogs have a shot, or do you think George is repeating his national champs? Looking at Michigan, obviously, Ohio State, and TCU. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to go against Georgia uh, at this point, uh, just with that defense. I mean, even though uh, they might not necessarily have five dudes from that side of the ball, you know, go into the first round of the NFL draft, uh, they're they're still just so tough on that side of the ball. Brock Bowers from Napa, California, about an hour and a half away yeah. uh, from where I am right now here in the Bay Area, uh, is, is just an absolute beast. Stetson Bennett, uh, Heisman finalist? Ugh. Oh, okay, but you know he's still he has still done the job for the most part. TCU's a great story, you know. Unfortunately, it didn't end for them the way that they would have liked to in the Big Twelve championship game. Michigan, terrible schedule from from a strength standpoint, but man, did they take care of business in Columbus when they absolutely, positively needed to. So, and, and Ohio State, you know, they they you know they 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 had the better body of work probably overall yeah. uh, than Michigan did. So it, it's going to be intriguing, but as of right now, there's very little to me to suggest that Georgia still, you know, every single year, right? You know, and and this is why I'm not a big fan of 12 playoff teams. Yeah, every single year in college football. There's like two teams that stand out above everybody else. Right now, to me, Georgia is still at least that one team. We'll see. That's the beauty of it all. Yeah, and the one thing we know is we've had way too many of these college football playoff semifinals where there is one blowout, but Georgia just looks yeah. like they, they look like a national champion once again. Troy, have a great call this weekend on the game. Really appreciate the time. Enjoy Thanks, it. Can't, can't wait. Thanks a bunch as always, and uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay sane. We we will do our best. Trista's losing her mind over here. We got Oh my God. Shaden Sharp. You, Shaden Sharp is our T Mac. I just can't I just can't wait for Shaden Sharp. I actually to turn really loved that pick when they drafted oh him. We, he's so mysterious because he never actually played at Kentucky, but that is a that's a that's a talent right there. Oh my god. Yeah. And you know, like the saddest part about being a Wizards fan is you know if you were if he was there for at ten, you still wouldn't have drafted him. Well, you nobody knows how to run pick. the Wizards. Yeah. yeah you'd probably trade Wizards that can't pick do anything. Away. Remember, Wizards are my adopted team. Knicks fans, so even worse. They yeah, would have no. also screwed they that up. All, they would have also Well, because they already traded it. out of their first round pick. They were yep. like, ah, we don't need that. Although Jalen Brunson actually has been pretty good this year. Yeah. So I can't yes. I can't complain too much. But it, it's like you know, it's like when people give Kyle Shanahan or like Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, right? Give them credit because of their resume. Even if the Knicks do something right, the Commanders do something right, doesn't matter because you go, well, they'll screw it up somehow. We don't trust them. Shaden Sharp literally he bit his the rim. Head, his head, he literally can just inhale the rim. He almost he almost bit the rim actually off there. Uh, some good news for anybody that has any Josh Jacobs props out right now. We'll wrap things up next. Bet MGM tonight.